You're listening to the On The Rise podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs as we make our way to the top. Here is your host, known as the property shark, Mr. John Lee. Hey, what's up everyone? It's John Lee here, AKA The Property Shark. Uh, today, we have a special guest for the On The Rise podcast. Uh, his name is Danny. Um, a little backstory, I actually met Danny online. <laughs> uh, Patrick Red David, yeah. been following him a lot. And, um, you know, Danny was, was one of the individuals that stood out because I remember one of Pat's videos, uh, he was the only one to offer Pat a ride to the airport. and. From that moment on, I was like, man, I got to get a hold of this guy. Um, and so uh, we've been in touch by Instagram DM. So uh, Danny, you know, nice meeting you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Pleasure to be here, John. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. And, and Danny, for people that, that don't know about you, because um, you're pretty low key, um, right. you want to give people a quick introduction about yourself? Sure. So I run a restaurant supply company in New York, and we distribute products like plates, glass or silverware to like restaurants, catering halls, country clubs hotels across America. And um, I got into this business when I was 18 years old. I've been doing it for five years now. I'm now 23. And, uh, you know, a little bit of background, how I even got into it. A lot of people are asking me, you know, how did you get into that business? Like, how do you get into a business of, of selling products like plates and glassware? Like, if anybody's thinking to sell to a restaurant or a catering hall, you know, they would want to be a bartender. They want to be a waiter. They want to be a manager. They want to they own the restaurant. They want to own the catering hall. Nobody thinks of, like, selling those products to, to those places. How do you even get into that? It's actually a really interesting story. Um, I was always addicted to sales. I loved selling. When I was in middle school, I used to, my father had, had a business. He was also an entrepreneur. So I kind of got like that entrepreneurial side from him. You know, I learned a lot from him. When I was in middle school, my father used to go to China all the time. And my father used to always want to take me with him. My mom was always against it because my, my mom was like, no, my son, he's going to go to school. He's going to get that 4.0 GPA. He's going to go to Harvard. He can't go to China. He's got an exam next week. And my dad is like, well, why does, he, why does he have to like go to school? Like he's going to learn more with me in China. He doesn't need to get an A. Let him get a C, you know? So from middle school, I would go with my father to China. And I was learning a lot from him. I also did the same when I was in high school. But when I was in high school, it was a little bit different. Instead, I was going to China and I was buying items from China and I was selling them in my school. And I was selling them out of my, my main locker and I was selling them out of my gym locker. But I was selling so much every day that I have to come back from 6 or 7 p.m. to refill my locker for the next day. You know, so I, and, and I just realized that, you know, I just love selling. It was so much fun. When the school day would end at three o'clock, you know, I started to, I was like disappointed, you know, but it didn't make sense to me. Like, why am I disappointed? Because I hated calculus. I hated physics. I hated geometry. Like, why did I love going to school so much? I realized it's because I just love to sell. I just want to sell. I want to sell all day long. It's so much fun for me. So naturally, I went to my superintendent, I went to my principal, I went to my teachers, and I, told, and I asked them, look, I love to sell, I want to run a business, I'm, I'm for sure set on being an entrepreneur, what should I sell? Everybody told me the same thing. They said, Daniel, sell something you're passionate about. I said, wow, you know, that's a good idea, sell something I'm passionate about. So I thought about it. I said, you know what, I'm passionate about watches. Watches, I love watches. But you know, I thought about it a little bit more, and I have a problem with it. What's the problem? If 
I want to sell a watch, I want to sell, if, if John is looking to buy a watch, John is looking to buy one watch, maybe two. And I want to, and, and John may not buy again for another three months, six months, or one year. To me, that's boring. That's not fun. I want to sell a lot of something to, to John and something that John is going to buy all the time. At the same time, if I'm here in life, I want to be here. So how do I get there? For me, it was hanging out with people that I looked up to in society, which was presidents, GMs, CEOs, owners. I just wanted to be around them. I wanted to be in their circle. I wanted to go out to dinner with them. I wanted to be in meetings with them. You know, I wanted to revolve around a business where I'm always selling something, a lot of something to them, something that they're buying all the time, and something where and I want to be in a business where I can still be in, put in those situations where I'm still hanging out with CEOs, presidents, GMs, and owners. So then I thought about it, and I figured, you know what? Let me supply products like, you know, plates and glassware, for example, because, you know, I'll be, I'll be selling in bulk. I'm not selling one piece at a, time, at a time. You know, I'll be selling hundreds of pieces, thousands of pieces at a time. And when it breaks, due to normal wear and tear, they're forced to buy more. And I get to hang out with presidents, GMs, CEOs, owners in meetings all the time, like I always wanted to do, and then build my relationship from there. So that's kind of how I got into the business that I am today from selling plates and glassware. That's amazing, Danny. Wow. That, that's amazing. And, and maybe we'll dive in a, a little bit more into each part of your life, but um, just to kind of bring it back to the start, uh, you know, what kind of student were you in like middle school and in high school? Like who was Danny? Man, I was such a bad student. I, I, I was just such a bad student. So it's funny because like I graduated high school with a 91 GPA, but my grades wasn't really, an, I, I didn't really qualify for a 91. My real grades was like a 70. Which is like I don't know what is that like a what I know a seventy is like what a one point eight one point nine two point GPA, like I don't think it's more than a two point GPA, you know. And and the reason why I graduated with like a ninety one is because I would always get my seventy, and then I would go to my teachers and I would sell myself as to why I should get a higher grade, you know. And you know I would go to and I would just I would just make their lives hell until I finally got the grades that I wanted because at that time like, you know I knew that I wanted to become an entrepreneur, but it wasn't like set in stone. It wasn't set in stone. And I knew that, you know, oh, you know, you're growing up, your parents tell you, you know, society tells you, your teachers tell you, school is important, education is important, your grades matter, you don't go to college, oh, it's a problem, bad life. And so all this stuff is in my head, right? So my grades is like the gateway to a good education, which is a, a gateway to a good life. Without good grades, I'm screwed, right? So I'm like, oh my God. So I had to, I was pushing it because I, I can't live with a 70. Who will accept you in college with a 70? Nobody. So I really had to work hard to make sure I get a 90. And somehow I did it, you know. Um, so I was a really bad student. I was always, uh, uh, I always got bad grades. I was always selling something, always selling something. Like between my breaks, I would always like leave class early, sell during my breaks, and still sell after, even my, during my lunch breaks. I, I would still come to class late. You know, I was always selling at least more than half of the day. I wasn't even in class for the most part, you know. So, um, but I didn't, I didn't look at it as a bad thing. I really didn't because I, I thought about it. I said, you know what? Like, it, should I really sit down 40 minutes in calculus class right now? Like, what if I don't? Like, really, what if I don't, don't go and, just, and spend 40 minutes in calculus? Like, what would happen to my life? Would I ever use calculus again? And I really thought about it. I said, you know what? No, I'm not going to use calculus in anything I do. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to sell something. My father was an entrepreneur. He never used calculus. My father, my mom worked, worked uh, for, a, for a, uh, like an investment banking company. She never used it. You know, my mom was well-educated. My father was more of a, like an entrepreneur and he's also like an immigrant. My mom was born and raised in America. They never used calculus, physics, geometry, any of that stuff. So I said, you know what? No, I want, I want to learn how to sell and I want to, I want to build relationships. And 
I, I figured that that was more important to me than learning calculus. And the reason why it was so important, I, I had to master how to sell. The reason is because in high school, everybody has their own group of friends. Yeah, you, you have your own group of four friends or a group of six friends. Everybody has their own group of friends that they all hang out with. And I don't want to be a part of those groups of friends. I wanted to become friends with everybody. You know, I wanted to become friends with everybody. And so the only way to do that was if I can sell myself and be a part of each friend group. But in order for me to be accepted in every friend group, the one thing that I had that nobody else had was the ability to sell. So because I was, you know, everybody liked the way I was selling and, and the way I would speak with them and they thought it was funny and, and like, oh, you know, if, if anybody wanted something, they thought of me. So all of a sudden I was accepted in every friend group. I had all these friends and I got to do, I got to be a part of every group. So I really love selling now because I had options. On the weekend, you wanted to hang out. Well, I had options. I don't want to hang out with you because they offer, this friend group offered me to do something else with them that I prefer to do, you know? So that's how, that's, that's why I guess I was really a bad student because I focused more on actually selling than I ever did, like ever did focused on like, you know, math problems or, or learning history or, or science class, stuff like that. So yes, I was a horrible student, man. <laughs> But, but again, being bad in school doesn't necessarily mean that you would be bad in life, right? And I guess that's a lot of the misconception that we have uh, because our parents, our teachers, they grew up in that environment where, again, to be successful in life, you have to have a good paying job, work for a great company. Be, in order to do that, you need a great education. In order to do that, you need good grades to get into a good university. So... For yourself, right? How did you break out of that mentality, or was it just by trial and error uh, of, of just like observing yourself and kind of self acknowledgement and and knowing what's going on, self awareness? Well, listen. Some people are good in school, and some people are good in life. If you really, if you really look at it from from my experience with hanging out with people and speaking with people, I, I was even as a kid, I was just always like so fascinated by humans, right? And I like for me, the smarter you were, the less like the most successful people that I've met were people that didn't get A's. The smartest people that I've met were people that got like C's, C minus, C plus. I, you know, there, there are some people that just they're really, really smart. They got A's, but the smartest were people with C's. And like, what, why did they become so much more successful than people that got A's? For me, it was, I realized that, you know what, after studying people, it's more of because these people that got C's, they didn't just get a C to get a C. These people were not, were not actually, were not good enough. One second, sorry. Can you see me now? Yeah, we're good. Can you see me good? Yeah. Awesome. These people weren't really qualified to get a C. These people were actually Fs and Ds, and they had to find a way to get a C. They had to find a way to get past the failing threshold, you know? And, which, and it takes, there's so much obstacles and problems and challenges along the way. And they had to go out and solve those problems to get there and just, just move on in life, you know? And so all of a sudden, when you come to the real world, you know, all these people that got C's, they're well prepared for the real world because the real world is hard. It's a lot of challenges. Nothing comes easy. You have problems. You know, you know there's so many issues with, with, with life. And, and people that got A's are not accustomed to getting beat down through, by life because they're used to like always getting A's. Everything came so easy for them. You know, so that's why I felt that's why you see a lot of people that get C's. They're the most successful people in the world. That's from my from me from me hanging out with, with a lot of people that have been bad in school, did well in school. The most successful people that I know are easily people that got in C's in school, not A's. That's for sure. That's powerful. And would you say your entrepreneurial uh, tendencies that come from 
you growing up in, in a family where your dad is entrepreneurial, did that inspire you and, and propel you to, to, to go the entrepreneurship route? Or was it kind of just in you? Like, was it in your DNA? It was always in my DNA. I was, I was that weird, weird kindergarten kid, you know, actually this is, this is a horrible story. But when I was like in kindergarten, you know, I don't know how, I just knew like the value of money more than other people. So I would go to these kindergartners and I'd say, hey, listen, give me your $5 bill and I'll give you two $1 bills, man. Like I'm giving you two $1 bills, give me your $5 bill. So I'd go to all these kindergartners and I'll exchange the two $1 bills for their $5 bill. And it became a good deal. You know why? Because in my school, during lunchtime, all lunch, no matter what day it was, whether it was pizza or pasta or whatever it was, lunch was still $2 regardless. So everybody still ate good, you know? So, you know, and I was making money like that as a kindergartner, you know, I was, I was just that weird kid from kindergarten. So it was selling something was always in my blood. That's for sure. But when I was like, when I was a kid, like seven, eight years old, I was going to work with my father and I saw the way like he was selling and it was just so much fun for me. He, he would do it in such a funny way. You know, and I would always laugh and, and, you know, like the guy would say no. And then the guy would, my dad would be able to convince the guy to still buy the product. Like when at seven years old, the guy's saying, no, I'm like, you know, dad, the guy said, no, like, you know, there's nothing more to do, but like, like, no, no, no. Like, like my dad still find a way to, to still sell to the person and convince them as to why they still need the product. So I was so amazed at it. Cause you know what? I start to think as business as like a game and, and like, you know, the game, the game is fun. Entrepreneurship is fun. I wanted to be a part of this game. This is fun for me. And so, and so, you know, and you know, money is, is, is just a way of counting score, you know, it's just a way, it's just a way to see how well you're doing in the game, you know? Mm. And so I just loved it for me. It was just a lot of fun. So for sure it was in my blood and, and for sure my father played a role. That's for sure. That's amazing, Danny. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people like when they're kind of getting to that age of graduating high school, they're kind of at crossroads and, you know, they, they might have uh, parents who are entrepreneurs, um, or they might be under the influence by, by their peers and parents to, to go the education route, but deep down inside, they, they want to be an entrepreneur. Um, take me back to that moment in time when you graduated high school, kind of what was on your mind and uh, how did you kind of approach it? Because I feel like there are a lot of people that want to start their business, but they decide to go to school or like kind of what were you thinking at that time when you're at, at that crossroad? Well, one is that you need to be very, very clear on what you want out of yourself and what you want out of life. You know, I think a lot of, if you don't know what you want to do in life, I don't, or as, as, as an education wise, maybe college is not for you. But if you're going to school and you're certain, listen, you want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, like you're clear on this stuff. Like you're hundred percent, you're in, that's, that's for you. Then you absolutely should don't do business. Go and be a doctor, go and be a surgeon, go and do whatever you want, you know? But you know, I don't think you should be an entrepreneur because you want to be an entrepreneur. I think you should be an entrepreneur because you have to be an entrepreneur. Like there is no other way. Like you have to be, if you want to provide for your family, you want to do big things in your life. You have all these goals and dreams of yours and you want to turn them into reality. Entrepreneurship is the only way. If, if that's the only way, then you should be an entrepreneur. Because if you kind of want to be an entrepreneur because you like the idea of being an entrepreneur, you don't love it. Like you don't, like you don't, you don't, like you don't, you don't, it doesn't like, you don't bleed entrepreneurship. You just like the idea of traveling. You like the idea of the lifestyle. You like the idea of, of the exotic car and, and the beautiful home, then don't be an entrepreneur because you're going to get killed. You're going to get, you're going to, you're going to get slaughtered by all the people that want to be an entrepreneur. They, they're going to they're do everything possible to put you out of business. They're going to do anything possible to give themselves an edge, you know, to bring more value to their customers. They're going to do anything possible to just put you out of business completely. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, don't be an entrepreneur. 
if you have to be an entrepreneur, you better be an entrepreneur because that entrepreneurship is for you. You can compete at a high level. You wow. Know, that's that's for sure. amazing. And so you got really clear on, on what you wanted to get out of life. Like you were mentioning earlier um, in terms of, you know, what you wanted to accomplish out of life. You wanted, to, you always love selling. You wanted to keep selling. And so take me through, like after you graduated, um, what was, how did you get into selling? Um, and, and how did, so how did that process come about with you transitioning from school to, to, to starting your, your, your business? How did that go about? So I was very naive with how business would really go. You know, I came from, I came from an environment where in four years from ninth grade to 12th grade, I made 141 grand selling stuff in school and I never sold drugs or alcohol. And believe me, like if I did, I really believe I'd be like half a, if I sold drugs and alcohol, I really believe I would have made like half a million bucks and I did it. So I made 141 grand from freshman year to senior year. And I thought business was like so easy. I felt like everybody can do this. You know, I was like, Oh, you know, I was like 18 years old. I said, you know what? I want to make a million dollars my first year. Like a million dollars profit, not revenue. I thought I was gonna make a million dollars profit. My first year, no problem. Business is easy. And then you get into the real world and you realize, you know what? Business is not really that easy, man. It's a hell of a lot harder than you really think it is. You know, you have so much challenges, so much obstacles. You really need to satisfy every customer, you know? So it was a lot harder. I made, I made a lot of mistakes. We made a lot of mistakes in business. But, you know, you just have to be persistent. And I said, you know what? I'm clear. I'm going to give myself just because I'm struggling in the beginning. Doesn't mean I'm going to give up. I'm the type of person that, you know, if I fall on my face like eight times, you better damn believe when to stand up nine. So, you know, if, if anybody, I'm, I know what the products that I want to sell and I know the value, that, that value that I'm going to bring to my customers. And if I'm clear on that and I, I provide a lot of value, they're going to do business with me one day. They will, maybe not immediately, but I'm going to get, I'm going to start to build and I'll get somewhere one day. So uh, for me to sell, it was never really, really a, a problem. It was just more of like my mindset. I had to put in my mind that I can do it, you know? And, you know, of course there's a lot of sleepless, sleep, sleepless nights, you know, but there was never a time where I ever doubted myself. I always believed in my capabilities. That's amazing. And when you mentioned like starting out, you, you had a clear vision, but what do you say to, to those people that, that need to be entrepreneurs, but don't know where to start? Because there's so much information out there on how to make money online right now. These days, people get overwhelmed. They kind of jump from e-commerce to, you know, doing Amazon to now mm -hmm. selling courses or starting their own digital marketing agency. Um, what do you tell people in terms of like, where and how to start well what's your why because if you think about it there is no shortage of business anything you do it's a it's it's a multi-billion dollar multi-trillion dollar industry anything you sell there is a market for it you know and some you know obviously there's some markets that are bigger than others but whatever you want to sell there is a market for it you know and that what's so cool about business is that nobody really cares you know where you come from or how much money you have or who you who, who your father is the market, the market responds to you and your product. If you're good enough to have a win, you will win. So the question you need to ask yourself knowing that is what's your why? What are you doing it for? What, what problem do you want to solve? If you understand what's your why and what, problem you, what problems you want to solve, you'll figure out what you want to sell. And based on that, you'll thrive. You'll thrive because the market responds to you and the market responds to your product. That's powerful. And you had a clear why and that's that's how you figured out that selling plates was was the way to go for you yeah for me at least i listen you gotta understand something here right the market responds to me and responds to my product right 
the question is, is that why do people buy any products to begin with, right? The answer is because you provide them value. Great, fantastic. So what is value? Value is three things. One, it's a better price, right? It's the reason why you have some friends that they shop at Costco rather than their local supermarket. Why do they shop at Costco than their local supermarket? It's because they want an apple or a similar item at a cheaper price than their local supermarket. That's why you have friends that shop at Costco, right? The second reason why people buy products is because there's a better quality product out there. So, for example, why do you spend $1,000 for an iPhone? You don't have one friend out there that, spent, that, that bought an iPhone because it was cheap. You have friends out there that spend $1,000 on an iPhone because it was the best quality product out there. They beat their competitors like LG, like Motorola, like uh, you know, Nokia, etc. That's why you have people that bought an iPhone because it's the best quality product out there. And the third way to provide value is better service. It's service, right? So what is that? Why do you and I go out to a restaurant and spend $22 plus tax plus tip on a salad when you and I can go and eat salad somewhere else for $7.95. We spend $22 on a salad plus tax plus tip because of the service. And so once you get clear on this, on the value that you bring to the table, you're going to see a lot of business coming your way, you know? So at the end of the day, if you know your why and what problems you're trying to solve, you'll be great in business. You'll, you're going to have customers because you're going to provide them value. So for me, I provide an exceptional quality product with the best pricing in the market and the best service in the industry. You cannot beat it. You cannot beat it. If you're buying this plate at five, great. Buy from, if you're going to buy the plate anyway at five, don't buy it at five anymore. Buy it from me. I'll give it to you at 450. I'll give it to you at 475. I'll give it to you at 425. That's my value. Service, no problem. You order today, you can have it delivered tomorrow. Emergency, you want to deliver tonight? No problem. I can make it happen for you. Wow. So that's, that's, that's the value that I bring to the table. Once you see that, once you know the value that you're bringing, you're going to see a lot of business coming your way. You just got to be persistent. That, that's amazing, Danny. And, and so, okay, let, let's talk about, you have this idea, you know exactly what value, what service, what product. Um, and let's talk about maybe finding customers. How did you go about getting your first couple of businesses? And then maybe I want to talk about sourcing the product a little bit and kind of your take on that too. But in terms of, you know, without, without clients, I, there, there is no business, right? Like absolutely. if you don't have clients to sell to who are buying your products, you don't have a business. So what was your approach? Um, and remember you, you were coming in at such a young age into this game. Like how, how did you like, where did you find the customers and, and how did you get people to trust you? I think that would be my, be my biggest question. So listen, I think anybody can be an entrepreneur. The question is how big, you know? So going out on my own, going out on your own, yes, you can go out and do business and find customers. If you want to really scale into a big business, you can't do everything on your own. You need to duplicate yourself 10 times, five times, 20 times, 50 times, hundred times, right? So what could that be, right? So let's say you're obviously, if you're starting out in the beginning and you're in sales, let's say you're really good in sales, right? If you want to do 10X next year, you need to duplicate yourself times 10. So great. How do you do that? Because you only have 24 hours and it's the same 24 hours next year and the following year and tomorrow and next week. So if you're giving it your all, you can't really do times 10 in revenue. So how do you do that? The way you do that is you duplicate yourself 10 times. You may, you may, you may need to go out and find yourself 10 sales reps that are great at selling like you. 
that will be able to go out and find customers and, and, and sell times 10 just like you. Now, the question is, how do you go and find those, those products? So there's many ways you can go about it, right? One is that you can go on, it depends what product you're selling, really. You can go on door knocking, you can, you can make up pamphlets, uh, uh, send them in the mail, you can email, you can do, you can do uh, emails, you can do uh, marketing strategies, right? So the video that you saw with Patrick, what, what, what happened was, was uh, one day I was in China, I had come across a factory, they manufactured shoes. Now, I don't sell shoes, it's not my business. I've never sold shoes, it's not my business, I didn't do anything with shoes. Right? I never sold shoes, but I had an idea. The idea was I'm going to go and buy 200 pairs of the right pair shoe. Not both pairs, not the left shoe, just the right pair shoe, 200 pairs of the right pair shoe. So I had them come into America and I had a list of all the people that I wanted to do business with, people that I would want to meet with on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I had a whole list. I, took, I went name by name by name. I took the right pair shoe. I put it in a box. Now, in the box, it came with a handwritten note. And in the handwritten note, I had something along the lines of, Dear Mr. CEO or Dear John, I would like to have the opportunity. Can you see me? Yeah. I would like to have the opportunity to discuss potential business we can do together. The right shoe in the box represents that I've gotten my right foot in the door. Please meet with me so I can get my second foot in the door as well. I hope you can appreciate my creativity and my sense of humor. And I would sign it with my name and my number and I would send them out to all the CEOs or all the people that I would want to meet with on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So now what would happen is instead of me going out, you know, trying to explain to them what I'm selling, now they're calling me like, yo, dude, Danny, what are you selling? And I'll tell you, listen, I'll tell you what I'm selling, but just give me 10 minutes of your time in person. They're like, fine, come on in, you know? And so that's how I get to meet with all the CEOs or people that I would want to meet with on a one-on-one -on -one basis. That's just many, many strategies. It's one of the many strategies you can use. That That's I've used. powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. So, and you again, you you were you found a way to ten x yourself essentially, and have people reach out to you and and be curious about you versus you going door to door. Right. Example. So essentially, I had to scale myself, scale my business, which had I had to meet, which means I had to duplicate myself, and then my marketing had to be different marketing than what everybody else is doing, because all the marketing that is taught in school, it's great, it's good stuff. The problem is that if it's taught in school and everybody's copying it, well, then it's not effective anymore because everybody's copying it. It becomes vanilla. It becomes boring. You got to do something totally different, totally unique. You got to always be doing something different that nobody else is doing. You know, like I'm telling you the shoe, the shoe strategy now, right? Eventually, you know, you never know, maybe one, one year, five years, 10 years from now, everybody will be doing that. Well, when that point comes, you better believe I'm not, I mean, I'll be doing something else, you know? but nobody's doing it. So when you do something creative, everybody wants to like, you become interesting. Like, what is this guy selling? Who is this guy? Like, you know, 23 years old, 21 years old, 20 years old, 18 years old, 26 years old. What is this guy selling? I want to know, you know, like you, know, you get the meeting and then you have to sell yourself as to why they should do business with you. You provide enough value. You're going to sell, you're going to see business. That's amazing. And how did you come up with this, this idea? This idea I got from Patrick. Wow. What happened was, what happened was I had already seen this video on valuetainment. Yeah. And then I had implemented this idea when I was in, I, I had the idea. I never, I just, it was a good idea. And then one day I was in China and I came across a factory that actually sold shoes, manufactured shoes. So then I said, you know what? I'm already in China. I, I, I see the source here in front of me. Like, am I, I came all the way to China. Am I not going to like follow through with it? Of course I'm going to follow through. So that's how I got the first order in. And, uh, you know, I, I started to do this, this uh, marketing strategy. What happened was, uh, the, way you heard, the way you heard about it, what happened was, is that Patrick was in New York 
And Patrick put on a Snapchat that, you know, he may do a meetup, but he's not certain about it. And if, but if he may do it, so send me a, send me a message, send me a DM. So I messaged him back on Snapchat and he, and then I got, I got a message back from him that says, yes, meet me at the W hotel, 930. So I came in at 930. I drove, I came to New York city. I told you I live in Long Island. So I, I, I pulled up in New York city. I came to the hotel and um, at 9.30, he came and there was a, like 50 other people there. You know, some are entrepreneurs, some are entrepreneurs, some, are just, some of them just wanted motivation, you know, you know, not necessarily everybody was in business. I happened to have been in business at that time. And Patrick was just talking and talking and talking and bringing a lot of value and a lot of value and a lot of value. And everybody just wanted more and more and more. Ended up being, he started talking till midnight. His wife came down at around, you know, uh, 11.50 or 12 o'clock. And uh, his wife was, was already there, but she was like, Let's, she, she interrupted uh, his conversation and said, hey, hey, Pat, you know, we, have, we better wrap this up because we have a flight to catch at three o'clock in the morning. So let's wrap it up. So Patrick says, oh, okay, you know, give me 10, give me 10 more minutes to, to finish up. So I knew about that. Now, at the end, everybody's running up to Patrick. They all want 10 seconds of their time. And everybody's doing the same thing for the 10 seconds. They're like, oh, Patrick, you know, you're such an inspiration to me. Can I have a picture with you? Everybody's saying that, you know, like, oh, you know, you know, you're such a, you're, you, you, I watch your videos all the time. I've been following you for one year. You're, I'm your biggest fan. All that stuff. Can we take a picture? No problem. Great. So you go, you take a picture, you know, shake his hand. All that stuff is great. Right. Oh, and everybody's like, wow. Amazing. Right. I didn't want 10 seconds with Patrick. I wanted 10 minutes with Patrick. I had to do something different. If I go up to Patrick and say, Hey Patrick, you know what? You're such an inspiration, man. Can I get a picture with you? Forget it. I'm going to lose my shot. I'm not there to just take a picture and I'm not here to take a picture. I'm here to build real relationships, gain some value and build and, you know, build my, build my, build my, my circle. You know, I want him to be a part of my circle. I want to learn from him. It's people like him that make me who I am today. It's not me that makes me who I am. It's people like Patrick that makes me who I am. So I go up to Patrick. I made sure I was one of the last people to go there. The reason being is because I know that, that if I want to make an impact on somebody, the impact is really never in the middle. It's usually always in the beginning or in the end. Anything in the middle is important, but not as important. Patrick will forget about me. But what I really wanted is that if there is a chance where he won't, rem he won't forget me, it would be if I came to him first or if I come to him last. Now, when he, when he finished up, people that were sitting near him were first. So I could have been like the fifth or the seventh or the tenth, but I wasn't first. So, you know, if I'm fifth or 13th or 28th, I'm just like everybody else. You know, he's not going to notice me. So I had to be last. Great. So I was last. I go up to Patrick and I say, listen, Patrick, you know, you didn't, you've done so much for me in my life more than you'll ever know. I consume all your videos. I learn a lot from you. It would be my honor to take you and your wife to the airport at 3 p.m. in the morning, 3 a.m. in the morning. My honor. I'm, I'm going to pick up at 3 a.m. in the morning. He tells me, listen, uh, I don't know. I'll see. Send me a Snapchat and I'll get back to you. At that point, I'm like, oh, man, I missed my shot, right? Because if, if he really wanted me, if he was really considering it, he said, yeah, sure, come 3 o'clock in the morning, no problem. So I said, I said, you know what? Okay, I will send him a Snapchat and I will tell him, you know, tell him, let me know and he'll get, he'll get, back, he'll get back to me on Snapchat. So I sent him a message, hey, Pat, just let me know if you want me to take you to the airport and just get back to me. Now, Patrick, after Patrick was continuing on shaking people's hands, walking down the stairs, he was going to the elevator, going back up to his room. I stopped Pat before he went back to the elevator and I said, listen, Pat, I just sent you a Snapchat. Please let me know. It's midnight. It's now, we're now closer to 1230, one o'clock in the morning. It's 1230. Pat, uh, please, I'll be, I'll be waiting for your reply back and, and, and let me know what, either yes or no to take you to the airport. No problem. So I actually, I drive back to Long Island and uh, I get a message, you know, 20 minutes later that says, you know, yes, meet me at 410 a.m. 
thank you very much. And so I came at four o'clock in the morning and uh, I picked Patrick up in, the, uh, in my car and I drove him and his wife and his father happened to be there also. So I took his, his I took Patrick, I took his wife and I took his father to the airport. That's amazing. And it happened to be, it happened to be that, you know, when I was, when he, was, when he asked me the same question you were asking me, he's like, so how do you go and get customers? You know, he asked me the same question you asked me. And I told him my story. Well, actually, I said, you know what? It's funny you say that because there's a video that you made on Value Team. And because of you, I landed a quarter million dollar sale. He's like, really? He said, tell me more about it. So I told him more about it. He's like, wow, you know, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. We've got to take a video of it. So that's, that's, how we, we, uh, that's how I took the video with Patrick and it went up on Valuetainment. And that's how you heard of me through Patrick, through that video on Valuetainment. That's powerful. That's powerful, Danny. And so when, when you're approaching a business, uh, there's so many ways that you can prospect and, and you gave a great story and a great example. Um, so in terms of your thoughts on the most effective way to prospect is to find a way to multiply yourself. Is that, is that correct? You want to either multiply yourself or find, or find a business with another business that can still multiply for you. So for example, I'll give you an example. In my industry, you can go to restaurant, to restaurant, to restaurant, if you wanted to, right? You can, but that's not really the way to do it. In my case, the way to do it would be to find restaurant supply stores, right? So why, why is that important? Because I can go and target a restaurant supply store in Alabama. And if that restaurant supply store in Alabama buys from me, buys my products, then all the small stores in Alabama that are in that town will go to that restaurant supply store and buy products, right? So it's possible that now I'm selling to this restaurant, to that restaurant, to this restaurant. I may never know, right? Because I didn't sell to that restaurant directly. In fact, I sold to the restaurant supply store. It happened to be that that restaurant in Alabama went to that restaurant supply store and then is buying my products and using them in their restaurant. And now I'm in many restaurants in Alabama, but it's not like I went to all of those restaurants myself. We're not that a sales rep went out and, and called all these restaurants in Alabama. So, you know, you need to find that whatever that, that, that restaurant supply company is in, in your industry, right? So it may be something else in your industry. Find whatever that is and tar target those where you can be able to scale your business at a faster, at a faster rate. And, and how did you initially find these stores and how did you reach out to them? Was it the shoe? So I actually, so I went into this business so blindly, man. I didn't know anything. I thought, I thought really like, you know, going to all, I, I, I figured like, you know, I'm, I live in New York. Like there is, a, there is a restaurant in every block. There's no shortage of business. Like, so if I go out there a hundred times and I get rejected like 98 times and I close two restaurants, but I do this 365 days in a year and I'll get 700 new customers times it by, I don't know, X amount. Like I'll be okay. Even if I get, if I go out and get it rejected a hundred times, if I just close two, I'll be okay. I'll be fine. Like there is, there is, there's no shortage of business. Right. But then, you know, I, I was, I, when I, eventually when I started the business, I started to do more research, more about, more about my industry. You know, I kind of just went blindly. I really just said I can make money. I, I told you, you know, I made so I made money in high school and nobody's making the money that I was making. I thought business was easy, you know? And then I got slapped in the face so I was doing my research and, you know, I found that on Google, like just random Google searches, you know, and then I found, I came across restaurant supply stores, restaurants, catering halls, country clubs, hotels. So, so, you know, restaurant supply stores, one of the biggest players were like, you know, there's many different types, but in a, in a bigger scale, like whereas people are getting their, a lot of their stuff from a lot of restaurants, they're getting it from a place called restaurant depot. They're all over America. So I, I would go there and see what stuff they sell. And I would see all of these restaurant owners or, or their, or their chefs, go there and they pick out items. I would see, I would go to different restaurant supply stores, not even to sell, just to go in and look, just, just to go in and look, not even to sell, just to walk in 
and walk around the aisles. I'd see owners, I'd see chefs, I'd see GMs, I'd see managers, I'd see owners, you know, walking around, buying things, you know, and I figured, you know what, this is how to, how to scale the business, not going door to door to door like that, you know, and wow. you grow and you learn, you make mistakes and you learn, you know, had I, had I, you know, this, I made a lot of mistakes. What I really should have done is I shouldn't have just jumped into my business. What I really should have done at 18 years old is that if I was clear on what I wanted to do, like the industry that I wanted to be a part of, which it, it clearly I was. I should have first worked for a competitor of mine. And I'm not saying I should have worked for the number one, you know, company, right? Because, you know, who knows if I can even get the job at the number one company. But, like, the market is so big for anything I sell. Like, the market is so big. No matter what you sell, the market is huge, right? So you could be literally number 868 in your industry, and you're, you're still running a, a multi-million dollar business, right? You can still be running a $50 million business being 868 in your industry, and nobody knows who the hell you are, right? And still running a $50 million business. So what if I were to work for a $50 million business? I don't have to work for number one, but what if I work for a $50 million business, right? Because if they're running a $50 million business, clearly they're doing something right, right? So at 18 years old, I would have learned what they're doing right. I would have been new to the business. I would have made a lot of mistakes. I would have learned from their mistakes. They would have paid me a salary. And then six months, one year or two years later, whenever I felt comfortable, I would have left that business started my own business. I would implement everything they did right. I would, I would implement the mis I would correct the mistakes that I made in their business and fix those mistakes in my business. I would use their money to put into my business as well. And then I would do one or two or three things differently to separate myself from competition. And then I would have been ready to go, you know, but uh, I didn't take that route. So I really, I didn't know exactly, you know, how to find, you know, restaurant supply companies. I had to start from the ground up, you know? So if I had to do it again, if had I invested one year, in another company in my industry, I would have been three years ahead in business today. I, re I really believe that. If I invested one uh, year, I'd been three years ahead. That's for sure. And, and you really, really, you really preach that, Danny. That, that, that's, that's powerful. That, that's powerful. Um, and let's talk about like, okay, like now you've kind of found your customer. Uh, and let's talk about products. Like what was your mindset in, when you were approaching the, the products and what products to source and why, like, what was your mindset around that? For me, it's value. Value is best quality, best price, best service. Now, it's either price, quality, or service. What type of person am I? So, you know, yeah, I have an iPhone and, and I have all this stuff like that. But really, like, when I'm going out, I'm looking for the best deal. I don't care about the Gucci bag or the Gucci belt. I want to buy a different belt at a cheaper price. Like when I'm, when I'm like, I want, I want the best deal. That's, that's me. Like you want to sell me something like, for, I'll give you an example, right? If you have a Snapple to sell and you come to me and you say, Danny, I have a Snapple. I'm selling it $1.50. And if, if, if I'm eating food, I'll say, okay, I'll buy a Snapple from you at $1.50. But that's not a way to do business with me. The way to do business with me would be to say, hey, listen, Danny, my supermarket is having a special. A pack of 12 Snapples, $6. I'm the type of person to go out and buy three cases of Snapple. Now, now you're taking my 18 bucks, right? But you're making a hell of a lot more than a dollar on me. You're making, you're making a hell of a lot more than a dollar 25 on me. You're making real money on me now. Now you're making, I don't know, you're making uh, 10, five bucks on me, eight bucks on me, 10 bucks on me. That's the way to make money on me. Mm -hmm. Right. So I figured, you know what, if that's me, that's how I want to go out and do business. If, if you're going out and you're buying something at five, you're already buying it at five. I'll say, Hey, listen, man, you're already buying it at five. 
Don't, why are you buying it at five? I'll sell you the same thing, cheaper price. Or similar item, cheaper price. I'll give it to you at 475. You know what? Because I want to open up a door with you, I'll give it to you at 450. No, you know what? I, I've been doing this with this guy for a long time. Give it to me 425. Okay, you know what? 425, no problem. You got a deal. But you know what? If he wanted 425, you know, let's say uh, he wants um, 500 pieces at 425. How many pieces do you want at 425? 500 pieces. I say, listen, you know what? I want to open up the door with you. I'll give it to you at 425. But really, I can't really do it for that, for, at that low. I'm not even making a lot of money on you. Make it 600 pieces. Make it 700 pieces. Oh, okay. So now I'm upselling too. Now, now you wanted 500 pieces. Now I'm selling you 600 pieces. More importantly, I opened up the door with you. And even more importantly than opening up the door, I stopped them from buying from whoever they were before. So a dollar in my pocket is better than a dollar in my competitor's pocket. You know? So that's the way I like to do business. I like to give the best pricing possible. The best pricing possible and I like to give good service. You know, I do not have the best quality products out there, right? My products are made in China. You want the best quality products. The products that are made in America, very expensive. Don't get me wrong. You want it. I can, I can go out and get it for you and still give it to you at a cheaper price, you know, because I'm a, I'm a, I, don't, I don't like to turn down business, right? So, so eventually I knew who, who are the best quality, uh, uh, who manufactured the best quality products, uh, who sold them in America. And I approached them and I became a dealer uh, of those companies as well. That way, if a customer did want the best quality product, I can still get it for them. But ideally, I don't want to do that. I would rather sell them my products, which is a better price and good service. And when you bring that mindset in terms of finding that product in China, what was your, what was your approach for that? Because there are so many manufacturers in China that sell the same product. So how did you, you approach it when you were finding the, the right manufacturer to partner up with? Well, you know what? Forget about my product. What if you just have an idea and, and you have a product and you want to go to China? How do you go and do it? Like, where do you like, okay, great. You go to China, but we're in China, right? It's like yeah, you come yeah. to America, but like, where do you go? Like, do you come to New York? Do you go to California? Do you go to Miami? Like, I have an idea. Great. Like, where do I go? Do I go to Miami, New York, California? Where do I go? Right? If you have an idea, you have to go to a place in China called Guangzhou. In Guangzhou, there is something called the Canton Fair. It's every April and it's in, it's in every October. In fact, I was supposed to go in, in the next 15 days, in two weeks, actually. Of course, this year, due, due to the coronavirus, it's canceled. But uh, so, so it's, not, it's not happening this year. And I was planning to go. But every April and every October, there is something called the Canton Fair, where supply manufacturers from all over China, all over, they come to this place in Guangzhou, to the Canton Fair, and every booth sells something different. So you may walk through a booth and you have ideas. Maybe you go to this place and you don't have an idea. You just have an open mind, right? So maybe you're walking and you see a booth. This factory sells umbrellas. So you do your research. You say, wow, $1.10 for an umbrella. Amazon is selling $9.99. If I buy it for $1.10, this is what I'm negotiating too, right? I buy it for $1.10. If I pay, you know, $1 shipping because I'll buy, you know, X amount of pieces. Tariffs, 25%, 25 cents on that. My cost will be $2.50. Say I sell on Amazon, they take from me 10%. That's another dollar. Now my cost is, is, is now we're at 350. Say shipping is another two, three bucks. Now I'm making 30, 40%. Okay. So now umbrellas is a realistic option to sell, right? So now you can say, wow, I can sell umbrellas. Mm. Maybe you're going through a booth. You see razors, uh, $1. I don't know. I'm just making it up, right? $1 razors. You're saying, wow, you know, I've seen that in America. I think there's a market for it. You go out and you see that, um, well, you can find razors online for 4 or $5. So mm. if you do shipping and then you pay the commission to Amazon, is it worth it? Maybe you'll find out, maybe not. Maybe it's not a good idea, right? 
So maybe you just go there, go to China, go to the Cannon Fair just to get exposure. Not necessarily you need to have an idea. Go there with an open mind and see what comes your way. You'll, you'll be surprised what items you see. There. You know what? I think there is a market for it. I think I can sell it. I think I'll be good at selling it. You know, or, or any ideas that you have, you go, you take it to the Canton Fair, you can go and implement your ideas over there. That's the way to do it. That's amazing. So if you want to source a product, again, you have to go to this place called the Canton Fair. It's every uh, uh, April and every uh, October. Now, this fair has three different phases. Basically, you would go on their website, right, with your ideas that you would have. And then on their website, they will tell you in each phase what type of products will be there, right? So, I don't know. Let's say you like fashion, right? You, you like clothes. You like fabrics. Okay, so, so phase one is fabrics, right? Clothing. So, you have an idea of shirts, right? Okay, fine. My, my phase needs to be for uh, phase one. Maybe, you know, uh, phase two is, it could be, I don't know, I'm just guessing, toys, right? So, you're going on the, on the website. Okay, phase two, toys, plastics. Makes sense. Okay, uh, baby bottles, plastics. Great. So, I'm going to phase two, right? So, you don't waste your time in phase one. And so, that's how you can go about it. So, in my business, I go to phase two. Um, and, and maybe your business, what you want to implement could be in phase three or it could be in phase one. It could be in, it, it could be in phase two also. You never know. That's, that's the way to do it. Danny. And, and, and I love how you just said, doesn't have to be your product, but, but if you have an idea, this is the place to go realize that idea or to execute on it or to discover a new idea. You could discover a new product, a whole new potential opportunity for you to capitalize on it. And, and well, I think you know, you know what's so interesting, John. I'll tell you what's so interesting. Okay. Today, everybody's trying to come up with this new product, right? Everybody wants to create something totally new, totally different, right? If you think about it, nothing is actually new when it comes out, right? If you think about it, say every single product was copied off of a different product and made better. I'll give you an example, right? Many, many years ago. We wanted to have transportation. What did we have? We had horses, right? Horses, we had horses. We wanted to make better transportation than horses. Okay, because of horses, because of the idea of horses for transportation, we got the idea of carriages, right? Now we got the idea of carriages. A guy like, a guy like Henry Ford says, okay, we're using horses and carriages for transportation. What if I could do something better? He comes up with the idea of cars. Where did the idea of cars come from? The idea of cars came from horses and carriages, right? So now he's coming up with cars. He's selling only black cars. You can't get red, you can't get white, that's later on. Somebody else comes along and says, you know what? I can also make cars, different shape, different color. Where did that come from? It came from Henry Ford. But where did that really come from? It came from horses and carriages. Okay, so now you're making different cars, right? Some guy goes, you know what? I have a new business idea, totally different. What is it? The idea is I'm going to use these transportation and, and, and make, make a taxi out of it, right? So now, now I'm going to create a business. I'll take people and I'll charge the money to take them to their destination. So you're like, wow, you know what? This guy created a new product. Reality is where did, where did this come from? It came from the company that manufactured cars. I got the idea from the carriages. It came from the idea of horses, right? Some guy sees, sees, car, sees the taxis and says, you know what? I can improve it. I can sell the same product even better. What, it, what comes out of it? Uber, for example. Ride sharing, for example. I can, with a click of a button, you can now call a taxi. They will pick you up. Fantastic. Billion dollar idea. Where did that idea come from? That billion dollar idea came from the, the, next, with the, the previous billion dollar idea, which was taxis, which came from the next billion dollar idea, which is manufacturing cars, which came from the next billion dollar idea, which was, which was the carriages, which was the next billion dollar idea, which is raising a million horses. 
right? So, right, even think about like, 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 you know, and then for example, even, even in today, right, you have, you have cars, right? Okay, let's make an advancement. How about, how about, you know, hybrid cars, right? Don't just make gas cars, hybrid cars. So Toyota comes out with, with a Toyota Prius, hybrid, half electric, half gas. But then, you know, Tesla comes out with their own billion dollar idea, right? What's that? Make cars, the same idea of cars, but I have a better idea, which is make them electric, right? Fully electric, not hybrid, right? Oh, new idea, right? Billion dollar idea. But where did this idea come from? The idea of all electric came from hybrid, another billion idea, idea, right? Which came from what? Cars, right? Which we came from, it's, it's just a continuation. So actually, every idea that you have in your mind has already been created. You just need to go out and find, fix that idea and make it better, right? What, what problem are you solving? Because every industry has a problem. Every product has a problem. Solve that problem and, and figure out what your why is. And the market is so big, you can sell anything you want. You know, there's no shortage of business. Every idea you have is a billion dollar idea. You know, you, you, you know so, so, you know, taxi fixed a big problem, right? Uber came along and solved that problem. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, cars solved a big problem, right? What was the problem with cars? Oh, well, it took a long time, right? To go, to go and, and, and take a horse, so we made cars. And then the problem became price, right? It was, it was just very expensive to fill up gas. We went to hybrids. You know, and then we, what, what happened with hybrids? We went to electric cars, right? It's just, same thing with phones, right? You think, you think iPhone's the greatest invention ever, right? Steve Jobs is a genius, right? How did it start? It started with a guy called Alexander, Alexander Graham Bell. He had a piece of string and he had two, plus, two cups, you know, and then they made big giant phones and then you had flip phones and then you had smartphones and then you had the iPhones. So you're thinking, wow, Steve Jobs created the iPhone, man. He, he created the iPhone, true. The phone existed before him. He already copied the idea. He had the technology. It was there for him. He had the engineers to, to make the phones. It existed already. You know? So any idea, you don't need to come up with, with the, the newest idea. That's not sexy. It doesn't matter. You, need, you, you, want, you want to know what's sexy? is coming out with something that already exists, but you're refining it better for the whole entire world, for the entire community. The community that's using these products, can you make it better for them? If yes, there is business for you. You'll have a piece of that pie. I'm not saying you're going to have 100% of the pie, but you may have 1%, 3%, 5%, 10%, 25%, 30% market share, maybe more. Apple has more than 50% market share for, for phones. Why not you? And by the way, 1% market share is big, big, big money, man. Huge. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I love your, your mindset, the, the positivity that you portray it's just there's so much abundance which is absolutely true i feel like people always come from scarcity mindset there is like oh i gotta hide my ideas i gotta keep it inside right yeah like, man listen the idea has already been thought of bro the idea has already <laughs> been thought of somebody already tried it out people your idea is nothing new it already existed the i that what your idea should be is okay this is the problem that i want to solve people like you know nobody wants to buy what you want to buy, what you want to sell, right? People, you have to sell what people want to buy, right? If, if they want, if this is what they want to buy, then this is what you need to sell, right? And so if, if you have, if you're clear on your why and what you want to sell and you say, you know what, what I want to sell has a problem and I'm going to fix that problem, whatever that is, then you'll have a market. There's a market for you. You know, I'm, I'm really big on that actually. I know a lot of people today are like, I got, I got to create the newest idea, the newest product, the freshest idea but i'm actually not for that i'm actually for for finding something that already exists and ju just fixing that problem 
That's amazing. And, and that's so true. I feel like a lot of people get stuck in the rut of like planning. They take forever to plan. They don't execute because they're like, oh, I got to make you just gotta execute. You just gotta have, You just got to have to execute. You just have to execute. Whatever it is, just execute already. Don't wait. You're like, why are you waiting for? Love it. Love it, Danny. And I want to touch on selling too, because in everyday life, you say you're selling yourself no matter what you do. What is your take on, on learning how to sell? How did, how did you approach it from, from your personal experience? Listen, if you practice selling, for, it has to be either in you or it's not in you, right? Now, it doesn't mean you can't get better, right? So I love basketball, right? I could practice as much as I want. I'll never be like, like LeBron James as much as I want, right? Because he just got a natural ability to do it. I can still play basketball. I can still compete at a high level. I can still score, you know, but I'll never be LeBron James. But you know something? I don't need to be the next LeBron James. I need to be the first Danny Nissan. So I need to go and, and see what LeBron is doing, see what, you know, uh, uh, Kobe was doing, see what Michael Jordan was doing. And I'll work on my game accordingly and I'll get better by, by practicing and, and, and taking some ideas from this person, some ideas. Oh, I like what this guy did. I like how this guy does it. You know, oh, I can learn a lot from him and, and tweak it into my way and work on it. And then I'll get better at basketball. Mm-hmm. I'll never be LeBron James, but I'll be better. So you need to find some people that are great in selling naturally. Maybe you can't be like them. Maybe you won't be like them. But take bits and pieces of, how, of what they're great at and try to implement that in, in terms of selling, whatever that is. Maybe the way, the, the way they persuade you, the way they convince you, the way they sell them themselves, maybe it's their charm, their smile, their personality, whatever it is, you know, you got to take a little bit of, of, of each and put it together. But at the same time, it's got to match you. It's got to match your personality, right? You don't want to take a little bit of something, but it doesn't match your personality. Otherwise, it comes off weird. You got you to still be you. Just take you to the next level by taking a little bit of ideas from all these people. Take, take things that you like, that you know that you can implement, right? So, for example, maybe if we're talking about LeBron James, I can't, maybe, maybe, maybe jumping high is not in me, right? Maybe I can't keep jumping high. So, so maybe I shouldn't take jumping high from LeBron. Maybe it could be, it could be you know, uh, uh, driving in the lane to, to take layups. Or maybe for another player, it could be learn how to take free throws, right? Whatever it is, right? So if some guy can jump really high, maybe I wouldn't focus on jumping high. Maybe it's just free throws. And I'll implement free throws from this guy. Okay, this guy, passing ability. This guy, okay, footwork, right? Okay, so I can do footwork. Okay, makes sense, right? So if you take those ideas, you'll be able to put them in, in, in business in terms of selling, in, in terms of marketing. It could be whatever it is that you want to work on, you can do. And who are some of the, these inspirational figures that, that you learned from when, 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 you, when you started? So a lot of my personality today, the way I talk, my mannerisms, the way, I like to, the way I do business, a lot of it came from me growing up and watching my dad do it. When I was a kid, I, just, I, I was so obsessed with, with how my dad like, was. I was like, so obsessed with him. I wanted to be like everything like him, you know? So so, so in terms of like, you know, that passion, that energy, like the passion was always there, but that energy, you know, and, and the way I would, I would say certain things, it came like from him. So, so growing up, I already had my own way was already molded at, at a young age through my father. Right. I would say it was always in me, but because of him, because I had exposure, of course it was tweaked along the way. You know, Patrick is definitely one of them. Uh, um, Gary, high energy, high intensity. That's me. I'm always high energy, high intensity. Love you know, uh, uh, you know, just so many different people. Uh, I can I can go on and on and on and on. But but definitely there are people. Patrick is definitely up there. One of the one of the main main, main people that I really love and I really admire in business. He knows a lot of great stuff. 
and every time he speaks, there's a lot of value to be to be understood from him. Wonderful. And Patrick, how how are you able to connect yourself with so many individuals that are influential, high level, high net worth at at, at 20 something years old? How how yeah. how did he approach that? I think that's that's absolutely amazing what you've been able to accomplish in, in, in at, at your age. You're asking a great question. What what you're really asking is how can a guy with not a lot of contacts go out and make contacts that are really worthwhile, right? Like, how do you go about that? So let me ask you, let me tell you something like this. Today, if you go out and you apply for a job, right? Your job is, is valuable. Now, what would make you want to apply for that job? You would apply for that job based on what? Their benefit program. So the better the, the better the benefit program they offer you, the more likely you're going to go and apply for that job. The more people want that job. You, you follow? So for example, you, everybody can work in McDonald's. Everybody can. But not everybody wants a job in McDonald's, right? Why? Because their benefit program is not the best. Somebody out there is offering a better benefit program, right? So a lot of people, they say, okay, you know what? I don't want to work in McDonald's. I'm going to work here. Why? Because they offer a better benefit program. So... Great. So the question you need to ask yourself is, what benefit program are you offering the world? Right? What benefit program are you offering the world? Right? So you may come to me and you say, Danny, you know what? My benefit program, if you hang out with me, man, I get all the girls. Come with me. I can go to all the nightclubs. I can get all the girls. Right? And I may say, you know what? Wow. You know what? That's great. But is that what I'm looking for right now? Maybe not. If not, you bring me value. You do. But that's not what I'm looking for. Mm. You follow? Maybe you come to me, you say, Daniel, wow, you hang out with me, man, I, I'm working on, I can, I can help you gain weight, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm this muscular guy. I can, we can take you to the gym and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to spot you and you're going to become muscular, stuff like that. That's the value with me. Or, you know, if we're going to if we're going out and we're going to, the, to a restaurant, if I order water, maybe you'll order water. Whereas before you'll order Coke, right? Or for example, uh, you were thinking of, of, of getting this uh, steak. Now, um, because I'm ordering pasta, well, because I'm ordering salad, you'll order salad. So I say, okay, you know what? Maybe there is a there is a, a benefit with hanging out with you. Makes sense, right? But how many people are in your life? Can you say, well, when they hung out with me, they benefited from me greatly. Their life, when they met me, they were here. Now, after they met me, they got here. How many of them, when 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 they were on when they were on rock bottom, making making you know uh, their life was falling apart or making thirty grand? When they met you, how many of those people, when they met you, when later on, after they met you, they're now making 65 grand, they're, 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 they love you, they invite you over for Sunday barbecues, they, you know, they, they call you on a regular basis trying to hang out with you, just see, oh, you know, how's, how's, the, how's your week going, you know, uh, is there anything I can help you out with, right? What's the value you're bringing to the table? So the more value you bring to the table, right, and the, the better your benefit program is, the better your, the quality of your friends will be. You follow? So that's the idea. You have to ask yourself, what, what benefit program are you giving to the world? And if you can do that, you'll be able to get into to circles that you really want to be a part of, depending on, on what value you want to bring. Maybe, your, maybe the value that you want to bring could be for the value of, of like McDonald's, but maybe the value that you bring can be like, you know, something totally different, totally bigger. Then you'll have a different group of friends. That's amazing. And so I guess as a, as a young individual in, in their 20s, 
maybe they're just getting started. You know, they, they, they just got, they just started their business. They might still be working full time, but they have entrepreneurial ideas and tendencies. Um, when you have no value to really bring to the table, uh, how would you go about approaching that? In terms of building, right. new you need to go out and find out what they want, right? So uh, if I, I, right, so so for example, it's very much possible I'm looking to lose weight, right? If I go to a restaurant, I eat steak, but if you come in and you eat salad, you'll convince me to get a salad. Oh, so now you're really important in my life, right? I need to hang out with you more often. I need to go out to dinners with you more often, right? Because if I go out to with you, I'm gonna lose weight, right? Maybe somebody else, maybe. I really want, I don't want to lose weight. I want, I want to get all the girls, right? I want to go to the nightclubs. I want, I want everybody to know me at the nightclubs. I want to get on, I want to build relationships with the bouncer, right? But you're the guy for that, right? Because you know, all the bouncers are there. You know how to, you're really smooth at, at talking. You speak well. You can get with any girl you want, right? Wow. So now I have interest in you. That's the value that you will give me, right? But you need to know what I want. So if I want woman, you need to say, hey, listen, I, I can get you a lot of great women. You should come with me to the clubs. Okay, I'll go with you to clubs one time, see how it goes, right? I'll give you a chance. You're you're saying you're number one, and and you can back it up. Sure, I'll I'll go and hang out with you in the clubs, right? If that's what I want. If I want to, you know, for example, lose weight, and I go out to dinner with you, we go to an Italian restaurant, for example, and I'm eating a you know spaghetti or a burger, and you order salad, I say, you know what? I'll let me get a, let me get a salad or let me get a water with lime, whereas before I would order a coke, for example. You bring me value. I want to hang out with you because the more I hang out with more, the more I hang out with you, the more water I'm going to drink instead of Coke. The more I hang out with you, the more salad I'm going to eat instead of pasta. Depends what type of value you want to give. And to figure out their problems, you got to reach out to them and ask, or else how would you know? Absolutely. But listen, you, you, you'll, you'll get a good understanding. You, you know what personalities are involved. When you meet somebody, you'll, you're good. You, you'll know every, we have human instincts, right? You will know what people are looking for. You'll know if I'm looking for a woman. You'll know if maybe I want to lose weight. You'll know if I'm trying to meet with people on a, on a different level. You'll know all of these things. You'll know it. You'll know it right away. There's, there's no shortage of that. You will know instantly. Love that. Go with your gut feeling. Go with your gut Absolutely. That's powerful, Danny. And what is, what, is, what is something that is up and coming? What's, what's Danny about? What does your five-year plan look like? So we're looking at hopefully scaling all over America. That's the, that's the plan. You know, we need to get into more, more states. We need to work on, on, on bringing in a lot of new, uh, new products to, to, to bring in a lot of different varieties, many different lines, as we call it in my industry, so that uh, a lot of customers can have more options to choose from. And we want to expand as fast as we can. And to do it, to plan the right way by still providing excellent service and still do it in a, in a very aggressive price if we can, which we will. That's amazing, Danny. And... On that note about scaling, um, you know, is it still how many people are, are, are working with you um, and kind of when, when did you figure out that it was the right time to expand and, and what positions did you fill? Well, I always knew that I had to scale right away, right? I mean, at any, at any point, it doesn't, it doesn't matter when, you just need to scale. You know, ideally you would want to scale now rather than five years from now or now rather than the next year. And I knew that in order to scale, what I really needed was, was sales. I need to find sales reps, right? So I went out and I found, I found sales reps that I, that I, could, that I could find in, in the industry that were in the industries already. People that, that had a good, you know, good reputation in the business and were able to go out and sell and make and are happy to make a good amount of money and, and believed in my products and believed in my vision. 
And so I, I, that's what I do. That's what I start to do. And I start to go and build and find and, and, and get more inventory and, and, and get a bigger warehouse and then get an office and all these things. And so that's how we start to grow. That's wonderful. And, and sales. It's step by step. It's step by step. One sales rep, another, another, another. Okay, great. Products. Okay. New product, new product, better product. Okay. Now, this is where you were in quality. Okay. How can we get better quality? How can we get better quality? How can we get better quality? Great. Warehouse. Okay. We're here. How can we get here? How can we get here? How can we get slightly bigger? How, can, how about even bigger? Everything is all a step-by-step process. You don't, you don't jump from zero to hundred right away. Slowly, slowly, step-by-step-by-step. By step by step. Okay. This is your product. Make it better. Great. Service is good. Great. Make it better. You know, okay, sales rep, okay, great. How can you make him better? Okay, great, excellent. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Marketing, okay, so you're doing for marketing, great. Do it a little bit better. How can you go about it? Okay, let's do this. Let's implement, 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 implement. Action, 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 action. All these actions stack up. But the key is, is not just one thing. It's, it's not just sales. It's not just marketing. It's taking action in everything. It's taking action in sales. It's taking action in marketing. It's taking action in sourcing products. It's taking action in customer service. It's taking action in, in, it could be warehousing, right? Maybe for you, it's not warehousing, right? It could be, because if you're Uber, you don't need a warehouse, right? It really depends. But whatever that is, you need to stack them all together and take action. Combined, you'll be able to do good. You'll be able to scale your business fast. And, and I, I wanted to, to talk about hiring a little bit. You know, what was your process and approach to finding the right people? Let's just take sales, for example. How did you go about approaching that? So me personally, I like to find people that are, that are charismatic, not shy for sales, right? I, you know, I, I love extroverts in sales. You know, um, if, for me, it's not a hard decision because, because the more you sell, the more money I make. You follow? So I want to recruit you. I want you to sell because, because sales will cure all the problems that I have in the business. Whatever that is, any problems that I'll have, sales will cure that. So the more I have of you, the more you're, you're going to cure my problems, you know? And so, so finding you is not, is not a hard issue. That, that, that's, that's, that's an easy part. In terms of like, you know, marketing, again, you got to find people that are, that are really good in marketing. And you're going to find, if you take care of your employees, they're going to take care of you. So that's not really an issue. That's powerful. At the end of the day, if you find people that they buy into you and they buy into your vision, they're going to want to be a part of whatever you're doing. It doesn't matter what it is. So it, again, it comes down to what you were saying earlier about you having a better benefits program than your competitors. Exactly. On, it's an easy decision for people to pick you over them. Right. Gotcha. Wow. That's powerful, Danny. And just to wrap things up here, Danny, I, I know you mentioned earlier, there are a couple of things that, that you would kind of do do all over again but um given what you know now um what would how would you do things differently like from the get if you could do it all over again man from the get-go i for sure would have worked one year for somebody else i wouldn't have started the business a lot of people say a lot of entrepreneurs will tell you take action now do not wait start your business start now all the all the, the motivational people out there that are that are that are fighting for entrepreneurship they're going to tell you that they're going to say john Go out and start a business right now. Right now. Go and start it now. Which, it's great. Go out and start insured. No problem. But I really believe like, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're going to make so many mistakes. And you're going to fall on your face. So what if you can work for a company in the industry that you want to be a part of and learn what they're doing right? And you'll make a lot of mistakes because you're new. You don't know what the hell you're doing. At least make it for them. Make it when you, while you're working for them. You're going to learn from your mistakes through them with their help. Six months, one year, two years later, whenever you feel comfortable, 
you can now leave the business, start your own business, do everything that they, that, that, that they did correctly. You'll fix your mistakes. You'll use their money that they give you as a salary, which of course it was, it was well-deserved because you worked over there. You earned the money. And you'll do one or two or three things differently to separate yourself from competition. That, in my opinion, is a much better way than just saying, hey, man, I'm 18 years old. I'm 23 years old. I'm 25 years old. I'm just going to start a business tomorrow. I got an idea. I'm going to go to China. I'm going to go and start the next app. I'm going to go and, and, and start the next Uber. You know, I mean, if, if you want to create the next Uber, my, my suggestion would be to go out and work in Uber and see what they're doing right, what they're doing right, right? Go to the office, see what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, what problems are they having, right? Because they have a lot of problems, right? But they're, but they're still a billion dollar company. What problems are they having? How can you go out and solve it, right? And you'll go, you'll make mistakes. Maybe six months, one year, two years later, maybe you'll come out with another app, a ride-sharing app that's not Uber, but you've solved their problems. Maybe better than Lyft, maybe better than Uber, maybe better than Get or whatever other competitors that are out there. Maybe that's a better than idea than just going out and starting your next Uber. That's what I think. What do you think on that? Yeah, I, I think that's very powerful. And, and I think you're right because it, in today's society, a lot of people do preach like, go, 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 take action, take action. But when you're taking action and you're heading in the wrong direction, it, it takes a lot more time and effort to correct that versus then you heading in the right direction, but maybe slowly at the start. But eventually you'll pick up momentum and speed. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So I, I think that that's really powerful. And Danny, did you have any mentors that like how... Did you have any mentors and, and what role did they kind of play uh, for you? Because people do preach a lot about mentors. So I, I just wanted to see your take on that. Yeah, absolutely. I do have a lot of mentors that I go for them that were so close. I'm so close with them and I'm able to go to them for anything, any problems, any challenges that I have in business. You know, I call them, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll visit them and I'll tell them my problems. How, do, how can I go about solving this situation? How, what, what can I do better? I'm always meeting with them all the time, definitely several, several times a week. Sometimes I'm on, I'm call, I'm on calls with them several times a day. You know, a lot of things come up and, and they're always there for me. Mentors are huge because the reason why mentors are huge is because whenever you have a problem, they will probably, there's a good chance that they already experienced that problem. And just to get their, their perspective, if you look up to them, you take their advice, you know? And so there's a lot of times where I've, I've been in certain situations where I just needed help. I need, I need ideas. I needed guidance. And they're always there for me. So mentors are, I think, very, 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 very important. They're crucial. They're crucial because what, what, what a mentor does is that it helps you rebound from the mistakes faster and it helps you stop getting, uh, he heading into the direction of making a lot of mistakes. You'll still make mistakes, but not as much because you're gonna learn from the mistakes that they have made also. Got it, got it. And how do you, how do you approach finding the right mentor? How do you know that this mentor is the right one for you? You see a person, you say, you know what? I wanna be like that person. And everything that they do, I just want to learn everything about them. I want to hang out with them. I want, I want to have dinner with them. I want to hang out at their home. I want, if they're playing golf, I want to play golf. If they're just going for a drive, I want to go for a drive with them. Like whatever they're doing, I, want, I just want to be around that person. When, when, that, when, when I feel like that towards you, I want you to be in my life. I don't want to lose you. I want to do anything possible to keep you in my circle. And you better believe I'm going to give it my all to give you the value back so that, so that, you, so that we're on the same level as much as I can so that you're going to provide value to me and I'm going to provide value right back to you value the value has to be there and it goes absolutely both thousand percent and, and what is your your take on um people saying your network is your net worth is that true danny one million percent one million percent you know what's so interesting about that is that not just because you know these people you learn so much right 
all of these people have crazy contacts also. So actually, you're only one contact away from changing your business. You're only one deal away from changing your business. You're, one, you're, you're always just one, one, one person away from changing your life. There's so much that can happen. You don't know what, what, who John knows. You don't know that person that can change my game. That can take my game to a whole nother level, right? Somebody out there that you know, there's somebody out there that you know that can change my game, can take me to a whole nother level. You know, like that's why it's so important to go out and build relationships and try to make you. I'm all for going out and finding relationships, right? The first time, then it's up to you to say, Hey, you know what? I want to have a talk with this guy again, right? Mm -hmm. I want to hang out with this guy again. I'll have dinner with this guy again. Maybe you have dinner once, right? And you say, You know what? This guy's not for me. I'm a big believer. If you feel like that guy has value to give to you, go out and have dinner with him once. Then make your decision whether you want to keep him in your circle for the future. I know a lot of people that say, Oh, no, 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 he's not for me. You know, I can't hang out with him. I'm not like that. My mind is clear. If I think that there is value to be exchanged, I'm all for it. If I see it, there's a chance. And then I'll make my decision afterwards, whether I agree with you or not, or whether you, you, you agree or not, we can, we can move forward from there. Got it, Danny. And, and do, you, do you invest? Absolutely, bro. In, uh, Absolutely. What, what, and, and what? Like, do, do you invest in, in the, the markets? Do you invest in real estate? Do you invest in a little bit of both? Um, and, and how so do you- I, I invest in a little bit of every, in, in everything. So let me tell you what, we've, what I've been doing lately. So as you know, the market is a disaster right now, man. So, so actually now, so what, I'm a big believer that wealth is built during the recession. I know a lot of people are like, well, that's not true. You're going to get screwed. A lot of people do get screwed, which is true. A lot of people do get hurt during the recession. But I really believe that if you put in your, your hard work during the good times and you save your money, and you're smart about your money and you're not greedy, you know, spending $200 on the nightclubs and you're, and you're really focused on growing your business. When the recession happens, you're going to have a lot of cash. And so when you have a lot of cash during the recession, everything's on sale. So if you take your cash and you invest it into the market now, eventually I believe in, in one year, 18 months, two years, two and a half years, three years, you're going to be making double, triple, quadruple your money. So I really think during the recession is, is the, it's when wealth is made. I really, I really believe you can make more money during the recession than you will in, in your actual business when there's good times. You know, um, I'm also involved in real estate as well, but it's not my main source of income. But I'm also involved in real estate. But it's as I said, you know, I'm my main my my main source of in, income is in the hospitality industry. That's powerful. That's powerful, Danny. How about yourself? Uh, I I do. Um, well, well, my my main source of income is is from real estate sales. Um, as a real estate agent, um, and I, I am saving up uh, to to buy my first investment property. Uh, okay. But in the meantime, um, again, like kind of like how you were saying, uh, the financial markets are on sale, and thankfully, I've been saving up <laughs> during the good times, and Excellent. I haven't been splurging all my money and buying all the fancy stuff that that I want. You know that. I see people with a new whip. I want that too. People with the, with a nice watch. I want that too. I really do that. And it's just to discipline yourself to say, okay, this is, this isn't the right time for me, me, me to use that money that way. So um, you save it up. And now again, regardless of, of how the, the market does go, um, I, I do believe that it will correct up as has it always has been in, in history. Right. I mean, even Warren Buffett, he's one of the wealthiest men in the world and, and he's built his wealth through absolutely through, through the, the stock market. So, uh, but you know something, John, if, if you just stay focused for six months, one year, two years, 
if you just stay focused and, and just, just hustle, you're going to get anything you want. You know, I'm not saying you're, you're going to be able to go and buy that Ferrari in, 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 you know, next year or whatever that is, but, but you're going to put yourself in a position where one day you'll be able to go out and get whatever you want, that car that you're talking about or that watch that you want or that home that you've been eyeing across the street. Like, it's all, it's all there for you to take. And you know something? The market is so big. It's, it's like you can have a bunch of competitors, right? The market is so big that you can still take your share and they can take their share and there's still enough. Meaning you want to go out and get that whip? You can. You want to get that watch? You can. That dream home of your home, that dream home of yours? You can. It's all there for you. Go out and take a piece. Stay focused. Stay disciplined. Don't get the watch now. Don't get the car now. But if you put yourself in a position, one day you'll be able to get it. I love that, Danny. And, and on that note, how do you stay focused? Do you journal? Do you write down your goals every day? Do you have a vision board? How do you, how do you stay focused? I read my goals every day and I look at my vision board. Love That's it. for sure. And so I always go to the mirror and I like, I, I'm, I'm a confidence type of guy, right? I like to go to the mirror and think like, wow, you know what? I'm a great leader. I'm a, I'm a great person to be around. I'm a great person to hang out with. I have a good personality. I'm charismatic. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm like, go out and change the world. Go out and make it happen. So when I'm going out every day, I have a lot of confidence. You know, I'm, I'm never like, like, oh, wrapped up in a ball. Like, oh, I mean, I can't do something. You know, life is hard. There's a lot of challenging stuff that happens throughout life. But you got to be able to say, you know what? I'm able to handle it. I'm big. I can take care of it. And I'm not really that big. I'm small, man. Like, like I'm not like 6'5". I'm not like all muscular, man. I'm just a regular guy. But I'm saying, you know what? I can solve any problems that I have. I'm not Superman, but I'm going to figure, figure out a way to solve them, man. That's, that's powerful, Danny. And last but not least, how can people find you? How can people reach out to you, Danny? You can find me on Instagram on DN1SSAN13 on Instagram. You can DM me, DM me at any time, follow me. I'll answer any of your questions that you have. I, I literally answer every single person, you know, like, like I literally go through every single message. Like people can, you ask me like some, you can ask me any question and I'll still answer it anytime, anytime. It could be anything because, you know, I want to be the person that I always wanted when I was a kid, you know, like I had so many questions that you asked when I was like 16 years old, when I was like 13 years old, when I was like 10 years old. And like, you know, like, like who do I go out and ask these questions to? You know, like, where do, how do I go out and, and, and figure that out? And so I want to be the person that I always, I always wanted to have when I was a kid. So anytime anybody has anything that any ideas or anything that they want to pour their heart out to or, or get ideas about something, I'm always there to answer their questions. I never ignore a DM as crazy as it sounds. Even if it's a stupid question, I still answer it because you never know what somebody's going through in life, why they need that answer, you know? And going through a life, there's a lot of times where I need some answers and I couldn't find them. I had to go out and find them myself. And so if I could be of... Of, an, of need to somebody and help them solve their problems, I'm more than happy to do so. So you can find me on Instagram at dn1ssan13. And I'm looking forward to, to hanging out with you and meeting up with you one day in person, not just over DM. <laughs> yes, Danny, we, we got we to meet up. It'll happen. Absolutely. It, it'll happen. And I got to go hit up Canton Fair too. I mean, you've been telling me about it for years. <laughs> you have to go to the Canton Fair, go. man, because you'll get so much exposure. You know, you think you have an idea, right? You think you have an idea. And then you go there and you say, wow, now you really have an idea. Whatever idea you had, believe me, when you get there, you're like, wow, it's not what I thought it was. You know, even when you have it in business, you think you have an idea, you go there, you see, okay, now you're, you're clear. You come back. Maybe you didn't buy anything. Okay, no problem. You didn't buy anything, but you're clear. Now you can make moves. Love it. Love it. Danny, thanks again for being part of our podcast today. Really appreciate you, brother. And I look forward Thank to- Thank you for having me, man. Thank you so much, John. Yeah. Okay, Absolutely, Danny. bro. <laughs> you have a good night. You too, man. See ya. Yeah, bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the On The Rise podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. The music composition and vocals is done by Graham Best. Your host, of course, is the property shark, Mr. John Lee. Have a wonderful day, and we will, of course, see you next time on our way to the top. Cheers. Cheers.